Thanks so much for calling in, man. I appreciate the time today. Yeah, no problem. Looking forward to the uh, Dio Hologram Tour and excited looking at all the video online, but I imagine getting ready for this tour must have been the uh, most uh, pre-production and and most practice going into a tour like this with everything built around you and having to be in, in lock in place for everything, I imagine. Well, it especially was with, you know, the guys in the band. Me being a singer and singing to the band, it's pretty, you know, we've been doing it for years and we kind of got it down. We got a, you know, a few songs we sing with the hologram and we got to figure out where to stand and, you know, things like that. But it's the pre-production was really long and right to the last minute and we still work things out. But, you know, it's, you're syncing everything together and it's it's not just the, the hologram thing. It's a giant light show and, uh, and you know, video screens and all this stuff going on. There was a lot into it. And you're kind of the MC for the night, as well as singing the songs. You're really kind of setting up the whole show and presenting it to to the audience, right? I kind of do, but you know, Oni and I, the other singer, Oni Logan, it really just goes itself. I mean, we don't want to talk too much, to be honest. I mean, I think we just want the show to run into each other and the songs. And so, you know, I'll come out and sing a couple, and Oni will sing a couple, and and uh, obviously in between the hologram songs are going on which are unbelievable and then Oni and I will sing some together and I try not to do too much talking for some reason this show it doesn't seem like I should I was curious what you kind of do in between the songs the songs that you aren't on stage for are you going to the bathroom getting a beer getting a bite of food what do you what do you typically do when you're not on stage during those songs I know well you know luckily for me I sang with Ingbe for a while so I'm used to not being on stage for <laughs> Why the show uh, was one of the rare cases. It is kind of difficult. One thing is, is it, it's harder on your voice to do a tour like this because your voice gets hot and cold and hot and cold. But it's funny you say that. I go and I joke around with the crew on the side. I might uh, have a water. If I'm feeling all right, I might have a beer. After about three songs, I might grab a beer and, and uh, have one on the side of the stage. But uh, it moves pretty fast. Uh, you know, it opens with the hologram, and then I come out, and then Oni comes out, and then the hologram, and then I come back out, and then Oni and I sing some together. So it's I've done it before, and uh, this one's more enjoyable because I get to hear Ronnie singing songs with the band, so it's more enjoyable to, to stand off the side of the stage and listen to it. Yeah, I can imagine. It was curious just for for your take on what's your favorite Dio tune to sing? Which one do you look forward to singing every night up there? Uh, you know, I love singing Don't Talk to Strangers because I haven't sang it in a long time. So, you know, Oni starts off with this slow part, then I come in and sing the rest of the song. But I really love singing all of them. I mean, I actually love opening a show with when I come out opening with Mob Rules. I love singing that. But, you know, one of my favorites always, obviously, to sing, which I'm not singing on this tour, is Heaven and Hell. I actually love singing Heaven and Hell. You know, it's just ups and downs and so much feel. But uh, some of them are pretty hard, you know, singing. Luckily, you know, Ronnie's taking care of Rainbow in the Dark because that one was always <laughs> a tough one. And Ronnie's a tough singer to sing. That's why Oni and I aren't pretending to be Ronnie Dio. I mean, we're our, we're our own singers. On this tour, I probably think maybe singing uh, well you know we have a new one I, I, I love singing Invisible we're doing Invisible now and I do love singing that one Invisible I was going to also ask you too about uh, speaking of new tunes I talked to Wendy last year around the ride and she was talking about the Dio Disciples having an album deal and just kind of wanted to check the uh, temperature on that and see when we are going to get this debut Dio Disciples album out well, I really haven't heard anything new on it. You know, I mean, I've been busy making my own records, uh, and I'm waiting to see what's going on with that record. I don't know if it's still out there, if we're going to do it. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, this past year, I've, I've released a new Revenge record, which has Rudy Sarzo on it and James Kotek and Carrie Kelly. I did uh, Spirits of Fire, which is 
Chris Caffrey from Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and then I released the Three Trimmers, which is uh, three, of, three of us metal singers making a crazy uh, metal record. So I have three different types of music out there, CDs for myself, so I'm just waiting to see what's going to go out with, uh, with the Dio stuff and the Dio Disciple stuff. And listen, if anybody ever wants to check on what I'm doing, they can check my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and you can find out on, on everything from this tour right here. Every day I'm posting what's going on and, and from what my records are and videos and, uh, you know, all that stuff. It's funny. I just talked to uh, Mike Portnoy recently, and I think you guys kind of have it figured out. It seems like you guys are always doing a million things at once, but that kind of seems to be the, the way to get things done nowadays is to have a, a million plates spinning and be in a million different directions and always working with different people. And I imagine a lot of fun for you to do it that way, too. Well, it's a lot of fun. And that's, you know, it's how we make our living. I, I've always told people if I decide to do one band right now, I mean, listen, if he was still in Dream Theater, he would probably just do one band, but he's able to do all of these different things to make a living with music and have the opportunity to work with so many artists. And it's, it's a blast. It makes me be able to make a living. I do a lot. I stay busy. I do music. Uh, I'd rather do that than, than put a roof on right now in my life. So I think, uh, you know, be out there in the hot sun, tarring roofs, I think I'd rather be singing in a studio. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you about one of the other bands that you've been involved with, and, and I understand that, you know, how tough it is to tour, but one of my favorite bands that you've been a part of is Charred Walls of the Damned. Yeah, it's funny. We're in New York now, and I was just thinking about Richard a little bit ago. Um, yeah, that's a great one. The last record was a few years ago, and it was my favorite one that we released. And uh, I don't know what Richard's plans are. You know, like I said, I'm extremely busy, but I uh, always have room to uh, to make a new Charred Walls of the Damned record. You know, Richard's busy as well, but I would love for us to do it because they're successful records. I know that we're not paid a lot to make the records, so it's not a very big investment that's put into it. Uh, and it's on a fantastic record label with Metal Blade. It's, it's you know, yeah. everybody and Brian and everybody at the record is, label is great. And like I said, it's a low-cost record, so I know they'd have to be making some money back. So I think we definitely would be would be uh, making another one, I hope. Certainly look forward to it. And, you know, another one I'd like to get from you, I was just kind of looking back now and going, oh, damn, it's been 10 years since Play My Game? Yeah, how about that? I just saw that. <laughs> I was just in talks. I talked to Wendy about maybe doing another solo record, doing a, a you know, kind of a Beyond Fear solo record. I think I would probably get my Beyond Fear guys back together and then do like a Tim Rick Rowan's Beyond Fear record. Yeah, I would definitely love to do that. And, uh, you know, we'll see if if we can. If we can get it together, we can get a label to, to get us in the studio and do it. I'd love it, man. I love that record. And I really thought that was kind of going to be the direction that you would go in after that. But then it just kind of all these other different projects and kind of like we just talked about went in a million different directions and yeah you're right and i'll tell you that the one that's been really successful and been received really great has been the new revenge and new revenge has really been welcomed i think it's because it's the most commercial record i've done but it's still hard rock and it, you know the songs are kept all three records i just released are different records so people go and buy all three of these records and they'll they're going to like something on them but the new revenge has really uh grabbed some people but they're great records i mean three trimmers is just high notes and three singers screaming <laughs> everything's extreme Spirits of Fire is, you know, Judas Priest meets Sabotage, and then A New Revenge is just hard rock, catchy songs. And Heavy as Texas, too. Another record you did with Marzi. That one was great. You know, I really enjoyed working with him, and I really um, would love to have him, you know, us write again together, because I think that that record is great. I really like it, and I really liked when Marzi did the mixes on him. He made them absolutely perfect, so I think those those songs are great. I think we only have four on that record. They're fantastic. Yeah, I'd love to see, love to see all this stuff 
live, man. It, it's all like a big tease with all these these different records you're doing and, and of course killing it live and looking forward to the, the Dio tour coming up here on the 28th, kind of at the end of the, the tour cycle, but LA and Ronnie's hometown, I think it'll be a, a, certainly a special night to, to play in his hometown and, and around, you know, family and loved ones and everybody in the community and everything. Well, it is. You know, it's a special show. It's an amazing show. It's a very big production, you know, semi and two tour buses and we got this thing out there and a lot of money is being spent to try and bring happiness and enjoyment to fans. Some fans don't like the idea because they think a cash grab which is the stupidest thing yeah. I've heard because it's actually a cash grab in the op. It's a cash giveaway because she's, <laughs> she's throwing money out to do this thing, you know, and it's uh, it's it's really an, an amazing show. Come to the show and it's a spectacle entertainment and it's unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is an amazing show for not just fans of Ronnie, but you know, fans of Rainbow Sabbath, Ronnie, fans of hard rock. I mean, you can bring your families out. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's almost a big night of karaoke because you can sing along because you're going to know every song that, that gets played that night. Yeah, no, they will. They'll, I'll tell you, by the end of the show, it's great because when you watch the people and you see the responses and then they're all standing by the end, how they're not sure at first and then the, the enjoyment at the end is pretty crazy. I love it. And Tim, I won't keep you too much longer. I wanted to hit you on a couple other things. One thing, I, I like to play a little, little game, play my own little game, so to speak, and, and talk 90s rock for a second with you. I know you had done the uh, 90s cover band at one point, and I've kind of grouped uh, 90s bands together. Like, we had the big four, right? And that was Thrash, Metal, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, Capitalized, like, the big four of Thrash. Well, I put bands together in what I like to call the Flannel Five to kind of encapsulate the 90s and the grunge era. And curious for you, out of this list of five, who would be your, your numero uno out of Nirvana, Pearl Jam, STP, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains? Well, Soundgarden would be number one easily for me close there would be Alice in Chains next but Soundgarden to me was you know they had the more of the influence to me of having some Sabbath and Zeppelin and, and uh, you know it was uh, just great I loved Soundgarden and loved Chris Cornell yeah. I love Alice in Chains as well you know Pearl Jam would be next for me then STP and then Nirvana that would be my order what would be your Soundgarden pick a Soundgarden song to play on the radio uh, I would pick a good one be Outshine Outshine, that's a banger. And speaking of songs, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but obviously got to talk a little bit of Priest. And curious for you, uh, looking back on your time with that band, and what was your favorite song to sing live, one of the classics? Oh, man. Well, I love singing the ones I did. I love singing uh, one-on-one and, and burning hell. But, you know, I love singing the classics. I love singing the Sentinel. But I probably love singing songs like Metal Gods and Grinder so I could get a break because a lot of the, some of those <laughs> songs off of like British Steel and stuff would give me a nice break or Hell Bent for Leather or something. You know, a lot, there was a break. You'd have Painkiller and then you'd have a list of songs, Turbo Lovers and Heading Out to the Highways and Electric Eyes that were kind of a, a vocal break. But that was the fun thing about singing Judas Priest. It's just so much me and all those songs are so great to sing for a certain reason. But, uh, you know, another one I do love singing is... Uh, electric Eye. I love singing Electric oh, yeah. Eye. We get to change the voice around. And that's what got me sold on Judas Priest was that song. Really? You're in that? Electric Eye or Helion into Electric Eye? Yeah, I heard Rob change his voice about three or four times to be in a song. I was like, that guy. <laughs> That guy's awesome. Hey, Tim, I, I have to ask, just because of the, the timing of this, and obviously you've commented on this before, but it's been a while and, and it's kind of come up again, but Halford talking about only a, a gay singer could front Judas Priest, and I, I know you in the past you kind of thought that was taken out of context per se, but you still think the same thing, or, or do you have a different opinion on it now? I don't. You know, listen, I, Rob and I are friends, and I really don't care. I mean, 
what's he supposed to say? I mean, you know, Rob is the band. He is the singer, and Rob's gay. So <laughs> what's he going to say? <laughs> I don't know. And uh, you know what? I don't care that he said it. I don't care. He's the singer of Judas Priest. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. I don't really, really care. I think it's funny. You know, obviously someone else can sing in it. So I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm gay and I didn't know it. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I, it does bother me because look, I love Rob. I tell you, he's he is so amazing. He's an amazing guy. You know, we're friends, and he's the singer of Judas Priest, and he's the metal god. That's fantastic. You know, just trying to understand it, maybe from his perspective or what he was saying, was it? Was there any songs as a guy that analyzed those lyrics? Was there any song that was a, that you could see that was written from that perspective directly that you maybe had a little bit harder time connecting to or anything like that? Uh, well, I think people listen. I don't even have to answer that question. Just go back and read the lyrics. I mean, come on, <laughs> it's not really a, a secret. I don't think he meant that. I just think, listen, he's he's uh, he's the singer of the band. He's the guy. He's the successful singer of the band, and that's what he said. I mean, that's you know, I, you know, I don't think he means anything by it. Really, I mean, he just said it. It's uh, I don't care. I really don't. I mean, listen, Judas Priest was my college. I mean, I, I do what I do now because of Judas Priest. I play the world. I play more places than I ever played with Judas Priest. I've been to Africa and solo. I've been to Africa and Israel and. Uh, you know, everywhere. So it's pretty amazing that uh, that I get to do this. So I, I sang with them and uh, had a great time. And comments like that, those, those are just fun comments. All right. One last thing I wanted to get you on, one other thing that you were a part of and something I'm a big fan of, but I wanted to talk to you about Bar Rescue and, and John Taffer. And, and is he really as he seems on, on TV? Is he a little bit more mild-mannered or is he always kind of screaming and yelling and kind of curious about your time with him? Well, it was a great, it was a great time. I had a great time with him. The funny thing about Bar Rescue is, you know, it's not a real show. I mean, they really do change the bar, but it's pretty much kind of scripted. We shoot for four days. We wear the same clothes. They tell you what to do. They called us to do the show, asked if we might be interested, and we never were losing money. And, and then, you know, we, we eventually sold the restaurant because we just couldn't really do it any longer. I'm too busy touring. My partner ain't on the job. So we said, let's get out of it now so we don't lose money. But it was fantastic. They were all great people. I loved what they did to the restaurant. They made it better, really. They kept the food the same. But it's, you know, it's it's a fantasy world, you know. It's a, it's it's when you're told over and over to walk through the door and look this way or throw money in the air or say this, you know, it's kind of funny that then it comes out and people's like, Oh my God, that happens. Like, well, that really, it didn't really happen like that. But, so uh, it is, it is a little more scripted than they lead on reality well, TV definitely is definitely not. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, you know, they can have you laughing at something that happened two days apart, you know, or they, you know, they make you flip the camera off and then they make it look like you're flipping something else off. And, you're right. You know, they made our kitchen look dirty, which they dirtied our kitchen. They made us cook in it and then kicked us out of the restaurant. And then they came in and filmed it. Like, they go, why is this so dirty? I was like, because you kicked us out. You know, you can't <laughs> say that. You right. know what I mean? It's like, I had a pretty amazing restaurant. I had a really great staff. Uh, nobody drank, you know, we didn't have, you know, if you come to work, you don't have to be an alcoholic and work at a bar, you don't have to drink. I always feel if you drink a lot of the bar and, and you can't work at a bar and not drink, I'm probably thinking you're leaning towards being an alcoholic. We didn't have that, and uh, they had to find something. But I'll tell you, he was great. We talked about music and off camera, he was great, and everybody around Bar Rescue and was great, and what they did to the place was great. Uh, we loved it. So he is a music fan, though. I'm curious, like, what was he? What were you talking music with him? What's he into? Was he into Sabbath? No, he was or? a music fan. You know, he, he used to manage the Troubadour. He told me at one time he was a drummer. Oh he wow! Played with different people. 
And he, you know, he was, t- you know, when I very first met him, that was what he started talking about. Then the camera would go on, he would call me an asshole or something like that. <laughs> it was kind of funny. You know, you jerk. You know, so uh, even on camera, I, don't, I didn't mind. I thought, you know, my partner probably got the, the worst of it, which my partner, Mike, he's fantastic and we're good friends. And uh, he probably got the worst of it, but because he was a great guy. But, um, yeah, he, we talked about music. Yeah, and he said, yeah, I ran a troubadour when I was younger and this and that. So it was pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Well, Tim, I appreciate the time and, and the stories and honored to talk to you. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now just hit the subscribe button. That way you get it sent to you directly. And follow me on social media at MikeZ967. Don't miss the radio show, bro. Wired in the Empire happens every Saturday night at midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks online at KCALFM.com. Adios, 